Welcome to another episode of Fat Guy Loves Cake. It is November 21st, 2022. Wow, man, December is just creeping up on us fast. It is going to be 2023 before you know it. Thank you and welcome to all newcomers. Man, these iHeart Butt Stuff stickers are just flying off the shelf. I have sold so many and I have had to put in a new order for more. So anybody that got here via buying them off of eBay, welcome to the show. I'd love to tell you that it's not a show about butt stuff, but it always ends up being one. Even though I'm not into butt stuff, I'm not gay, uh, I seem to be the number one advocate for gays and butt stuff. (laughs) It's all for fun, right? It's a safe place for butt stuff loving people. You know, I talk all the time about the things that come up in my feed because as algorithms go... The things that they try and sell you are based on your searches and the things you've bought. And the newest one that I had come up was for uh, ass pads, ass padding, fake ass, ass. You wear some kind of underwear with stuffed ass, the uh, male version of stuffing your bra. And uh, I thought I found that extremely funny because I've never searched for fake ass. I've never thought of it. I I'd never seen the male ass as something that uh, you needed to to pad, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, I know girls like butts. Cowboy butts drive me nuts. Like I've never been going out with a bunch of guys, you know, to hit the town, look for some chicks, have a few beers, and I've never been like, does my ass look good in these jeans? <laughs> I just always thought that a guy having an ass, like a a protruding ass, is like a, you know, it's just like having a fat ass. You don't want to have a fat ass. I would, if I walked by a table full of chicks and they were like, oh, that's a fat ass, I'd be like, I've tried to quit snacking. Hey, Joey, how's your diet going? Absolutely fucking horrible. I fucking give up, dude. I'm just never going to lose weight. I read on the internet. (laughs) I did a bingo search for I can't stop eating bad food. And I came across this page. Now, first of all, the very first thing it says is this is a page for people who have ED. Now, what they refer to as ED is eating disorder. What the rest of the world refers to as ED is erectile dysfunction. So it threw me off when I went into the page. I was like, oh, did I click the wrong thing? Because I'm not here about my dick. I'm here about my problem with eating junk food. And then I realized that they were saying ED is eating disorder, but you do not. I don't, I don't think somebody got the memo. Cause like if I walked into a room of people and I was like, wow, I'm just really struggling with my ED. (laughs) They're going to immediately think I'm talking about the fact that I can't get hard. Seriously. Right. And this isn't some little itty bitty fucking, a uh, homemade web page, okay? This is a major medical website that I went to. And they refer to eating disorder as ED. If I went on a date with a woman and we were having dinner and across the table I said, 
you know, uh, I, I've been, I really want to lose weight, you know, like I know I, like I used to look better in the past and I wish that I could shed some of these pounds, but the problem is that I have ED and then she'd go in her mind. She'd be like, Oh great. He's fat. And he can't get it up. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, no, the other ED. No, there is no other ED erectile dysfunction. You can't like, if you didn't specify you're on a dating website, I'm a little overweight, but I'm working on it. I have ED, and they're like, well, what the fuck does one thing have to do with the other? So, yes, listeners, I have ED. <laughs> Eating dysfunction. Erectile disorder. I, no, uh, I do not, repeat, do not have erectile dysfunction. I do have an eating problem. It's, well, I actually have no problem eating. I do it all the time, and a lot of it. I just can't seem to eat the right thing. So anyway, I, I get onto this page and it starts giving me tips about how I can control my urges to eat, eating certain things, thinking certain things. And one of the coolest, most unusual things that I saw this list was the psychological aspects of trying to lose weight. And one of them was that you think of food in a way so that the food repulses you. Like say there's a piece of cake. Just, you know, hypothetically, for funsies, let's use cake. Let's say there's a piece of cake on the table that you can have. You're supposed to tell yourself that you can't eat it because it's been sneezed on. Like, you make yourself think that it really has. Like, you picture a human being sneezing on that piece of cake, and then you're supposed to gross yourself out. Because what they were saying is that, you know, the mind is so powerful, which it is, that you'll be able to psych yourself out to not do that. And I thought, well, that's not going to be any trouble for me because if anybody that's ever listened to this show before or knows me in real life knows that I have major, major issues with things that have germs on them. And I go through this long, long rant about how everybody's poo hands have touched everything, you know, transfer to transfer to hand to mouth. It's why people are sick all the time. It's why we have not been able to eradicate influenza. It's why coronavirus was spread so easily. Because people are disgusting. They don't wash their hands. It's so fucking simple. Wash your hands. And, you know, don't spit in each other's mouths. I don't think people realize, like, how much you spit. When you talk, I've seen it. It's so fucking cool. If you watch uh, when they do the uh, infrared of a human being, two human beings facing each other, and they do an infrared so that you can see all the heat that's coming off a human body. And you got two people, and they're, like, four feet apart, right? It's a pretty decent distance. It's your normal, usual distance apart from having a conversation unless you're some kind of weirdo and you talk like right up in someone's face. God, that would be so uncomfortable. I'm so glad I've never met anyone that does that. But it shows these two people having a conversation and not they're not yelling. They're not talking aggressively. They are talking very lightly. And you can see spit flying out of their mouths into the other person's mouth as they're talking. The spit is going all, there's a mist, okay, that makes it almost to the other person, but there are individual pieces of saliva landing in each other's mouths as they speak to each other. They don't fucking tell me that the whole mask thing didn't work, okay? Regardless of how you feel, now that you know that, what do you think about the whole idea of masks while there's a pandemic? Just food for thought. So if if I've been talking to people with a four-foot buffer between he or she and I, and we've been spitting in each other's mouths all these years, 
I don't actually want to continue going with that. I think I think I've said enough. Okay, so now that I've told you all about the uh, <laughs> the infrared spitting in each other's mouths, how do you feel about birthday cake now? As you may or may not know, listeners, I work occasionally on the weekends at a roller skating rink, and a cake will sit out on a table all day long, and then they round up the kids, and the birthday kid goes... <laughs> all over the cake and then they serve it to every child there and the adults nope sorry (laughs) not gonna fucking eat that cake chief the only way you're gonna get me to eat a cake is like if it comes in as some kind of like airtight sealed container and then like maybe they blow out the candles with a blow dryer from like six feet away while all the other children are 30 foot radius outside of the cake maybe I'll have a slice. See, I don't have to psychologically psych myself up for these things. If all cake were handled by children, I'd never touch it. That's that's what I would need to do. Like, have all of my food served by children. I'd never be able to get anything down. So I'm supposed to imagine the food has been sneezed on. I'm going to imagine that it's been touched by people who don't wipe their ass properly, which would be like, I don't know, 99% of the world. Definitely 100% of the men don't wash their hands. I know this because I am a man and I see what goes on in men's bathrooms. I've complained about this numerous times. Men go in there, they take a schmutz. They play on their phone, they touch everything on the way out, they don't wash their hands, times that by hundreds of men per day, per week, per year. So, you know, if I was to go out to dinner and someone was to offer me a dessert or something, or a piece of their plate, Joey, you gotta try this. Nah, I'm dieting, you know, that's why I ordered the salad. No, 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 come on, man, try this uh, caramel death by chocolate, you know, covered in syrup, nuts and cherries thing just just have a bite and so what i have to do is i have to go "Mm, poo hands (laughs) you know what mike i don't think so you didn't wash your hands in the bathroom so i'm pretty sure that cake's got your shit all over it so i'm gonna pass thanks (laughs) just say that like everybody's digging into a big giant plate of nachos at dinner aren't you gonna have some of this nah somebody's shitting those nachos (laughs) What do you mean? Somebody's shitting the nachos. Yeah, somebody's shitting the nachos. I can't eat them. <laughs> hey, Joe, we're going to the Golden Corral Buffet. You want to join us? Nah, I can't. They pee in the food. But See, that actually could be true. It probably, if I had to gamble whether they pee in the food at Golden Corral, I'd say yes would be the more likely uh, winning answer to that question. Golden Corral. Oh, Golden Corral, man. It's so awful when you eat food that you know is, like, hygienically fucked up before it's even in your mouth. You just look at it and go, I know this has been through so many stages of terrible to get to me. And those fucking plates they have, man, that are, like, flash washed. You know, these machines, like, they put the dishes in there and they go, and then it washes, like, a hundred fucking plates in a matter of literally three seconds. And occasionally you've got that one piece of vegetable that just can't be taken off of there without some sort of fucking jackhammer. 
<laughs> you get that. I get that. I don't know how it is that I even go out to eat. I should be like Jack Nicholson and as good as it gets, like bringing my own fork and knife in a plastic bag because like we went to IHOP a couple weeks ago and when I was done drinking my coffee, there was like some fucking eggs in the bottom of it, like some scrambled eggs or something was in the bottom of my fucking coffee mug. And that day, I didn't think about it, you know? Like, I, I was like, don't work yourself up over it. But, you know, now every time I go back to IHOP, I'm like, man, anyone who's worked in a restaurant can fucking vouch for it. People are gross, man. Watch the movie Waiting. If you haven't seen the movie Waiting, that is one of the most accurate portrayals of a restaurant I've ever seen, having worked in one. I mean, like, they put shit in the food. People who fucking yell at you and that about their order not being right, your food gets fucked with. Shit falls on the ground. They play the five-second rule. It's gross. And the only reason it's not grossing you out is because you can't see it happening. But I promise you, it's fucking happening. You see people on TikTok licking tacos at Taco Bell. You know, you got a hundred shells and they run their tongue across them. Are you grossed out yet? Am I making you sick? Are you ready to eat? Because I don't have any appetite right now. So from now on, when I look at food, I'm going to go... Ah, man, somebody stuck their nuts on that, or somebody shit in my soup, or whatever that keeps me from eating, because I really have no desire to eat now. All right, so that's enough about all that. Uh, yeah, that's that's really all I had on that uh, dieting site. But So, how about we change gears a little bit, and we'll talk about something everyone loves talking about, and that is sperm. Oh, gross, right? I wanted to give you guys my take on sperm. God, I hate the word sperm. I got to say something else, but nothing else works. Like jizz, spunk, cum. There's <laughs> probably like a million things, but like there's no cool word for sperm. I'm not going to say the word sperm anymore, but I wanted to uh, go down this list that I came across that I thought you guys would find interesting about sperm. I'm going to say sperm because this is a scientific thing. It's not so much me trying to be funny as, uh, as to educate you. I thought it was pretty groovy. Uh, I came across this because I was typing something about sperm. It had occurred to me to question, uh, you know, because whenever I'm watching something and I get, uh, and I, I, something strikes me as to, oh, what's the answer to that? I got to know. And I start, I look it up and I'm constantly, constantly searching for knowledge. And I thought, okay, you know, sperm are these living things and they swim and, you know, they, they come together with the egg and they create life. So does a sperm have, uh, what I searched for was, does a sperm have organs? You know, I was curious, does it have a brain? Does it have functioning organs? And I still don't really think that I got the answer I was looking for because it's like, you know, it's just a bunch of, it's 23 chromosomes. It does not have a brain. It does not have organs. I don't really, I still, after reading this long article, I still don't understand how, a sperm lives, but they do live and they do die. And I don't really understand how um, that is. That's beyond my comprehension of science. But the funny thing was, you know, like with any bingle, you know, when you search for something and you say, do all sperm, and then you get all these fucking things like these uh, suggestions. And one of them was, do sperm have souls? <laughs> And I was like, let's go ahead and highlight that for later. I haven't read it, but I'm probably gonna. But I wanted to share this with you. You know, this is um, this is knowledge, okay? For all of you guys, this is sperm knowledge. This is I'm gonna. I'll, I may crack wise, but I'm not 
telling you this to be funny. These are all actual true facts about sperm from Healthline. Uh, and basically, it, it is to, uh, to put to rest any kind of myths that you may have heard about sperm. Okay, first myth. Sperm swim like Olympic athletes. The common tale is that millions, anywhere from 20 to 300 million to be precise, of heroic sperm swim in competition with each other to be the lucky little swimmer that penetrates the egg. That is not true. First, sperm don't really swim straight for the most part. Often, sperm movement ability, known as motility, is classified into one of three groups. Progressive motility, which is actively moving in straight line or large circles. Non-progressive motility, any other pattern except forward. And immotile, not moving. So the myth there that's being busted is that people believe that sperm are like these incredible swimmers that are all in a mad dash to get to the egg, when in reality they are nothing like that at all. Uh, number two myth is that thicker sperm is more fertile sperm. Thicker semen doesn't necessarily mean thicker sperm. Usually it means there's a high concentration of sperm or a higher number of irregularly shaped sperm. They still need help from the female reproductive system to stay safe. Now, this is fucking cool right here. I remember reading this earlier. When sperm enters the vagina, they come into contact with cervical mucus. The cervical mucus does two things. It protects and rejects. Now, that's fucking cool, man. And I know it's going to go more into that because I've already read this article, and I think it's going to go more into it later. But what I didn't know was that a woman's reproductive organs will actually reject bad sperm, like if it's two-headed or it's got a short tail, any kind of genetic anomaly or curiosity with the sperm, and it's like, nope, you cannot enter. So that, that's incredible. You know, the female body has a self-defense system against uh, creating a, a, a child that will have defects. Unfortunately, uh, when brother and sister are doing it six times a day and he's pumping her full of two gallons of his fucking homemade moonshine, well, you know. Number three, sperm only live for a short time after release. Not always. Lifespan depends on where sperm land after ejaculation. I find this one extremely hard to take seriously because it gives you like, here's something that's going to blow your fucking lid off, okay? Check this out. Sperm that make it into the vagina after ejaculation can live up to five days. And I'm not talking about like because they're burrowing into the egg. I mean, like, like let's say you're on the pill. And like they make it, they they reach the finish line. Although unfortunately the uh, the store is closed, but for five days you can be walking around with living sperm inside of you. But uh, alas, if sperm have a chance to dry out, they die. <laughs> I love the way they phrase this: ejaculated sperm that land on cold, dry objects may die after a few minutes. <laughs> uh cold, dry objects, like. It would have been great if it had been like, <laughs> example given, sock, napkin, paper towel. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's just keep going here. Number four, sperm only needs to go straight for the egg. It's a pretty long journey to the egg. During intercourse, when sperm leaves the penis, they don't head straight to the uterus. In this course, some sperm attached to the oviduct epithelial cells and the fallopian tubes or get stored in tiny chambers called crypts until fertilization prime time ovulation did not know that so basically you got some uh, some storage places in there 
the sperm can hang out until the vagina's like, okay, let's do this. That's also fucking scary. I was, I was watching Rick and Morty today. Never had noticed this line. Summer, the daughter, after like she learns all this stuff about pregnancy that she didn't know before, and she goes, Mom, I promise I'll wear a condom, even for butt stuff. <laughs> all right, number five, sperm stay fertile and healthy for a man's entire life. One of the oldest persisting myths is that while there are a limited number of eggs, which is true, sperm is available in a lifetime supply. No. Sperm production or spermatogenesis does take place indefinitely, but the quality and motility of sperm declines with age. Now, see, I didn't know that. I thought we were good, like, as long as we could, you know, finish the job. I didn't know that our sperm declined in, like, as they say, women after 40 shouldn't have children because of the chance of birth defects. Well, I didn't think that was true about men. Apparently, it is. So, live and learn. Number six, briefs are bad for your sperm count. Supposedly tight undies decrease sperm count while loose boxers keep everything at just the right temperature for sperm production. This is false. According to doctors, it does not make a single fucking bit of difference whether you wear boxers or briefs or mankinis or thongs. Nothing makes a difference. So there you go. That's a very important one for people to know. Uh, Eight, every sperm is healthy and viable. Far from it. Most sperm never make it to the egg for a number of reasons. To be considered fertile, not even 100% of sperm need to be moving. As long as 40% are motile, you're fertile. And of that 40%, not all make it to the egg. The shape has a lot to say in success. Having multiple heads, weirdly shaped tails, this is what I was talking about earlier, or missing parts can make sperm simply unfit for the journey through the female reproduction tract. And even healthy sperm don't always make it through the competition. Sperm can pass right through the oviduct and end up in a woman's intestinal fluid surrounding the internal organs. That's right. Sperm may literally float around in the body, never to fertilize. Mm. Isn't Mother Nature grand? Number nine. Pre-cum can't get you pregnant. False. Mostly. Biologically speaking, pre-cum shouldn't contain sperm. I'll actually break this one down for you real easy just so I don't have to read all this crap. What it's basically saying is like when you bust a nut and you haven't you don't pee afterwards, well that little uh that little divider, you know, that vast difference where the uh you that separates urine from sperm. Okay, well, the next time that you have a little pre-cum come out, whatever's still in the chamber might leak out and get in. So it's not impossible. Number 10, more sperm is better when trying to get pregnant. Quite the opposite. Having a high semen volume, which counts sperm in a single ejaculation, is good, but there's a point where the returns start diminishing. The higher the sperm concentration, the more likely that multiple sperm may fertilize the egg. Normally, only a single one-celled sperm cell is allowed to fertilize one egg cell, resulting in the development of an embryo. After the first sperm breaks through, the egg creates a layer of protein and blocks other sperm from getting through. Did you know that? Once somebody wins the race, the egg goes, sorry, we're closed. <laughs> Number 11. Here's one that men are going to hate me for. Sperm are a protein powerhouse. This is a joke that I'm sure you or someone has heard like, oh, yeah, semen's full of protein. It's good for you. Well... <laughs> You'd have to ingest more than 100 ejaculates to see any nutritional benefit from it. 
While it's true the semen is composed of ingredients like vitamin C, zinc, protein compounds, cholesterol, and sodium, claiming sperm contributes to your daily nutritional value is false advertising. Plus, some people actually have allergic reactions to semen, so ingesting it isn't always recommended. So remember that, folks. Girls. When a man says, come on, it's full of protein, you say, well, for me to have any value in it, I need at least 100 ejaculates in my throat. (laughs) Gross, dude. And finally, number 12, pineapple makes your semen taste amazing. It's not just pineapple that people say is supposedly good for semen flavor, but none of the tales are based in science. The first thing to learn here is that semen scent and taste, like that of any of your bodily fluids, are influenced by overall genetics, diet, and lifestyle. Just like everyone's breath smells different, everyone's cum has its own unique aroma. The second thing is that while no foods or liquids may noticeably alter semen scent, Following a diet rich in nutrients like vitamin C and B12 can have positive effects on sperm count, but not taste and smell. So there you have it. 12 sperm myths debunked right here on Fat Guy Loves Cake. A good way to start your Monday morning, eh? (laughs) Make sure to tell your friends. Follow me on Spotify or whatever it is that you are listening to Fat Guy Loves Cake on. I can be reached at fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. In the meantime, it's Thanksgiving week, and I don't care, uh, except that I'm going to have a day off of work. So, hug your children, kiss those kitty cats, and Patrick Swayze has told you once, he's told you twice, he's not going to tell you again, you need to be nice. (laughs) I'm so fucking stupid. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Everybody have a great week.